God said there's coming a day when I'm going to shake the world. But some things will not be shaken. Some things remain. In other words, there's coming a time when the world will be pressed and there'll be no way out. Those times come in your life, in your home. Tension, friction, financial trouble. You're pressed and there doesn't seem to be a way out. There is an answer, there is a way. Jesus said, I am the way. But in the midst of all this changing, there are some things that never change. Think of it a moment. What never changes? The nature of God doesn't change. God hasn't changed. He hasn't changed to adapt himself to our generation. God is unchanging. I am the Lord God, I change not. God is unchanging in his holiness. We're all guilty of coming short of God's holy requirements. And we're all sinners and we're all in need of the grace and mercy of God. And that's why the Lord Jesus came and died on the cross. He died for your sins. He died for mine. And God took your sins and laid them on Christ. God changes not in his holiness. And let me tell you, because he is our holy God, he is also unchanging in his judgment. There is a judgment day coming. Our God is a consuming fire. The Bible is filled with stories of judgment. Our Lord talked more about hell than he did heaven. There is a day of judgment coming. God is a holy God. And you and I are going to stand there. And when I stand there, I'm not going to ask for justice. I'm going to ask for mercy. I need mercy. I need the grace of God. I need the forgiveness of God. And I want to tell you a wonderful thing. God loves you and he offers you tonight forgiveness and he offers you mercy. God can forgive every sin you've ever committed. God can wipe the slate clean because of Christ. Not because you deserve it. For by grace are ye saved through faith in that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't buy your way to heaven. God is unchanging. He's unchanging in his love. God loves you. That's the most wonderful thing to go to bed with at night, to know that God loves me. God forgives me. God is interested in me. But I must receive him. Secondly, the word of God does not change. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. I settled that a long time ago. There are a lot of things in this Bible I don't understand. There are questions you could ask me that I cannot answer. I don't know all the answers in this book. How can a finite mind like mine comprehend the infinite? I cannot. So one day I opened the Bible and I said, Oh Lord, I accept this as your word by faith. 
and that settled it from that moment on. When I quote the scriptures, I know that I'm quoting the Word of God. It's a living Word. And lastly, the way of salvation has not changed. All these centuries, the way to the kingdom of God is exactly the same. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He will never change. But you must change. Time is short. What is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. If I told, if someone had told me when I was 20 years old that life was very short and would pass just like that, I wouldn't have believed it. And if I tell you that, you don't believe it either. I cannot get young people to understand how brief life is, how quickly it passes. It seems like yesterday I was in school. Every one of us here has been given the same amount of time in a day. 1,440 minutes a day, 168 hours per week. 70 years God allows us. And it's interesting to me with all of our medical science, we've never passed that magic mark. The average American male today lives 70 years and four months. The average female, 73 years and six months. More people live to be 70, but the average age of an American is still 70 as taught in the scriptures. What a thing it is when you think that you have just one short life to spend and it'll soon be over. I'd write down my priorities in life and I'd get committed to certain priorities. Now is the accepted time, the things we ought to do, the classes we ought to take, the books we ought to read, do it now. The family that needs you, spend more time now. Write that letter home now that you've been meaning to write. Money you ought to give, give now. Time for study, do it now. People you ought to witness to, do it now. Every time the clock ticks, it seems to say now, today, if you will hear his voice. There may not be a tomorrow for you and for me because there's a warning to time. Time is running out for all of us. Time is too short for indecision and vacillation. Do not halt between two opinions. Fools say that time is long. Every morning we have 86,400 seconds to spend and to invest. And each day the bank named time opens a new account. It allows no balances and no overdrafts. If you fail to use the day's deposits, the loss is yours. The Bible says redeem the time because the days are evil. And the days in which we're living are very evil. If there was ever a time for the gospel that can transform the human heart, it's now. Jesus said as long as it is day, we must do the work of him that sent us. The night is coming when no man can work. The night is going to come in your life.
Yet there was a serenity about the work of the Lord Jesus. It's the quality of life, not the length. Jesus only had 33 years. And it ended on the cross. To the world, he was a failure at that moment. Yet at the end of his life, he said, I finished the work that thou gavest me to do. It doesn't matter whether you live another year or two years or five years. Will your work be finished? Is there a quality to it? Is there a dedication to it? Suppose all of our members tithe their time to witness for Christ as we tithe our income for the church. Fill your heart with the word of God. I've found that those who know the scriptures are the ones that have the power today. But we need men and women who walk with God. And if you do that, you too can finish the work that God gave you to do. And help us to realize the brevity and the urgency of time. And may we invest what little time we have in the kingdom of God. Joshua said, if every one of you serves other idols and other gods, makes no difference. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around us, or the true and the living God. And Joshua was warning the people to choose God, to follow Him instead of these other gods. And so we have to make a choice. Moses had warned Israel much earlier, a generation earlier, when he was dying. He said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I've said before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Moses had said the same thing that Joshua is saying, separated by many years, and every generation has to hear it over and over and over again. And that's why the gospel never grows old. It applies to every generation alike. We have to make a choice. Alexander the Great was asked how he conquered the world. He said, by not wavering. And James says in the first chapter, he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Are you unstable about your relationship to Christ? Do you waver in your relationship to Christ? Or are you totally committed to Christ as Savior and Lord? Or do you waver about it? Many of you waver by the way you live. And Jesus warned the hypocrites, people who pretend one thing and live another. This was his great battle with the hypocrites in the church. We have old proverbs that are familiar to us all. He who hesitates is lost. Procrastination is the thief of time. A stitch in time saves nine. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Don't waver. Make a decision. Do it now. You know, Adam and Eve had to make a choice in the Garden of Eden. God said, if you want to build a wonderful world, we'll build it together. But I'm going to test you because I've given to you 
the ability to choose. I haven't made you a robot in which I could punch a button and you would obey me. I've made you in my image. You have the right to choose. So when Adam and Eve faced that choice, they chose wrongly. They broke the law of God and God said in the day that you do, you will suffer and die. And man has been suffering ever since and it's all because of that first sin in the Garden of Eden. And man has been inheriting that tendency to sin ever since. The seed of sin is in us when we're born. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. Think of it now, at conception, sin was already planted. And then comes the age of accountability, moral accountability, maybe eight or nine or 10 years of age, when you are held accountable by God for your actions and you choose to sin. And then the rest of your life, you practice sin. You're born towards sin. You choose to sin at a certain point, And then you practice sin. And the Bible says we have all sinned and we're all idolaters. Now Adam had to make a choice and he made the wrong choice. You have to make a choice. And then many choices like the rich young ruler. Remember he came to Jesus and he was filled with questions and he wanted eternal life and he said, sir, what must I do to find eternal life? And Jesus said, looked at him and loved him and said, go sell all that you have Give it to the poor, take up the cross, follow me. The young man was grieved. He wept. He wanted Christ, but he wanted his money more. Now, if he had said, all right, I'll do it, Lord, I'm sure the Lord would have said, no, it's not your money I want, I want your heart. It's our attitude toward these idols and toward the, these things. The television itself can become an idol. When we walk into the room, all conversation stops and we sort of sit there in reverence watching that box to see if JR is gonna be shot again. Now the Bible says we must choose two ways of life. Jeremiah had written, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. There's a way of life, there's a way of death. Which way are you on? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. I'm the only way. I'm the only way to permanent peace. I'm the only way to permanent joy. I'm the only way to eternal life. I'm the only way to forgiveness of sin. I'm the only way to the Father. You have to come by me. I know people that are always saying I'm going to do better, but they never do better. They don't have any power within them to do better until they come to Christ. And when you come to Christ, an explosion takes place of power that he gives you to live a new life. I can't live the Christian life. I have no power within me to live the Christian life. The Holy Spirit has to live in me and Christ has to live through me. I cannot live the Christian life. I'm a total flop and failure. Jesus said, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. 
that leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Few, he said, only a few are going to find that narrow gate and that narrow way, as I said last evening. Are you among that few? You not only choose between two ways of life, but you choose between two masters. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and materialism, he says, in Matthew the sixth chapter in the Sermon on the Mount. You have to make a choice. All the way through the Bible, choices, 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 choices. Not only between two ways of life and two masters, but you're going to have to choose between two fathers. Two spiritual fathers. He said in John 8, a very shocking statement. The 44th verse. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. Now, he says, for many of you, the devil is your spiritual father. Now, you're not aware of it. You wouldn't admit it. But that's the way God looks at it. There's either God, your spiritual father, the true and the living God, Christ, or there's the devil. And then you have to choose not only between two ways of life and two masters and two fathers, but you have to choose between two destinies, heaven or hell. Jesus Christ is the stairway to heaven. He is the way to heaven. Come to him. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Yes, Jesus is in heaven preparing your estate right now. Waiting for you. There is a future life. And eternal life does not begin when you die and go to heaven. It begins here and now when you make this choice for Christ. Because eternity, eternal life comes to dwell in your heart tonight. Jesus Christ is the gateway to heaven. Now this choice also, you must make yourself. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Your father can't make it for you. Your mother can't make it for you. Your children can't make it for you. This is where you must choose yourself. He knew that he could not choose for the tribes of Israel. They must choose for themselves. Man is a social being. However, there's an inner sanctuary within ourselves where we retire from all other fellowships, comradeships, and influences. And there's a lonely arena where the greatest battles of life must be fought alone. And this is a decision that you have to make alone.